Johnny Summers, when I think of a good bar, it's a place that I can go and hang out with people that I love. And if I put my phone on the bar, I'll have to buy everybody around. Can you think of any place like that here in Chico? No, there's no crazy rules like that. Good. But if there were, <laughs> we wouldn't go there because that's a crazy rule. You got someplace better? Yeah, the Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street right here in Chico with the most amazing happy hour, seven days a week. 2 to 6 p.m., you're going to get a dollar off all craft beers. They've got an amazing food lineup. They're all ages, dog-friendly, awesome patio. What more could you need? Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico on the south end of town at 2070 East 20th Street. Go check out their happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6. Get a dollar off all that awesome craft beer. Here's the show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a program diving deep into the worlds of craft beer and film based in Chico, California. My name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Hello, hello, hello. This week on the show, we oil ourselves up for a round of beach volleyball and serve up our thoughts on Top Gun Maverick. It's the sequel to the 1986 Top Gun, and we find ourselves in the cockpit once again with Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell and his mission, nearly impossible, of selecting a team of aviators. See what you Thank did you there. from the Top Gun Academy to execute a military strike on an unsanctioned uranium enrichment plant in a foreign country. He has three weeks. This one's going to take everything he's got. One last run. Can he do it? We'll find out soon enough. But in the meantime, Johnny Summers, what are we drinking? Well, in a slightly less stressful synopsis, we're going to be drinking beers from Green Cheek Beer Company out of Orange, California. And they were provided today by me. Nicely done. I've never had their stuff before. Have you? Yes. Oh, cool. Okay, great. I'm excited to try their things for the first time. To those of you listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a fantastic Thursday evening. And I do hate to make it worse, but I have to tell you that unfortunately, you're not going to hear our episode today in its entirety. You're just going to hear our first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Top Gun Maverick. Yes, young Maxwell, but if they wanted to hear the full conversation, which includes spoilers for Maverick, a review of that second beer from Green Cheek, and the Hot and Bothered segment, where could they go? Great question, sir. They could go to Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere podcasts are found. We drop new episodes every single Friday morning at 7 a.m., so if you like the show, Feel free to leave us a five-star rating and or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please let us know that you did. We really like that sort of thing. For all your social media needs, you can find the show on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. You can find us on Letterboxd for film reviews and Untapped for beer reviews, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. Or just check out our website, www.freshhopcinema.com. And if you want to give us gold in order to compensate for auditory pleasure, nice. you can join Patreon. That's patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. Those numbers are through the roof. We're killing it. We're having a blast. We've got a great little community going. Yeah, uh, It's as little as $1 a month if you want to be like Jason. Nice. Looking at you, <laughs> skirting the bottom of the barrel with the absolute bare minimum. Yeah, you can you can set, you can can set give us a dollar. You can give us an, a, an episode amount. You want to give this much per episode, and you can set that episode limit to whatever you'd like. We typically put it out about four a month, but if you just want to support one or two of those, you totally can. Yeah. It's, well within your rights. Yeah, it's fine. We might mock you slightly. I, just, yes, for it. But it's all in good fun. Jason's a buddy. And uh, I'm just happy he's in the Patreon. Yeah. Fan. But if you want to be as cool as Jason, or even cooler, perhaps, which is sure very attainable, sure. you can uh, <laughs> join up. You're going to get bonus episodes every week. We do events. You get mm -hmm. first shot at merch runs. 
we're going to be doing some big things this summer, so you should really consider joining. It's going to be yeah. Rad. We're in the, we're we're not quite to the point where like Sparklegasm's in sight yet. It's about seven weeks away right now, but I'm starting to feel that tingle in the back of my mouth. Yeah, just of the the hard seltzers that I'm going to be tasting that night. Get a little excited. I really am. Um, but yeah, if you want to know more about what that even that means, um, you can join us on Patreon. Uh, we do have a birthday shout out this week. Um, we are recording this on the seventh, so on the eighth, Jen, happy birthday. Jen is a friend of the show, patron, um, all around great person. So happy birthday, Jen. Happy birthday. Thank you for supporting our podcast for as long as you have. We super super appreciate it. Uh, we try to do a pretty good job of shouting out birthdays when they happen. Yep. So happy birthday, Jen. We appreciate you. She's at least 20% cooler than Jason. Anything else on Patreon or should we just get rolling? Let's roll. <clears throat> okay. Johnny Summers, housekeeping out of the way. Let's talk beers, my friend. You said we're drinking a brewery called Green Cheek from Orange, California. As you fish it out of the podcast icebox, I'm That's seeing right. a, a golden can with a with a tombstone on it saying, ain't getting any debtor. And there we go. As we exhume the contents within. Uh, tell me about these beers. Tell me about where you got them and all that stuff. Yeah, so friend of mine, uh, friend of the show, friend of beer, friend of humanity, sure. uh, Brad Rosenquest was oh. uh, taking a trip down south, was going to Green Cheek. I was having a beer with him at Burgers and Brew, I believe. And he said, hey, I'm going here. Here's a list of what they have. Do you want me to bring stuff back? And I looked at the list. There was two super fresh, interesting sounding West Coast IPAs. And I jumped all over them. So I had a couple four-packs brought up, and I am very excited to share them with you, especially if you've never had anything from Green Cheek. Right. Um, they're up there. They're probably top three breweries like on the West Coast doing hops for me. Oh, for real? Yeah. Well, that's Why haven't we done them on the show before? Well, we haven't seen them in our they're, area. They're not one. distro. Yeah, okay. So like, I've had stuff brought back up, but I drank it all before the next time we recorded, and I've never had more than one kind of beer. Mm-hmm. So this was an opportunity for me to get two different beers from them so we could really... Just kind of spread them like butter over the toast of this episode. Nicely done. Really get a feel for their brewery and uh, try them out. So yeah. So the first one is called "Ain't Getting Any Debtor." It's um, a California IPA. We'll touch on that in just a moment. It's seven point two percent. It features mosaic and strata hops, and they had this to say about it on their website: light in color, highly attenuated, clear, lightly resinous, firmly bitter, with a snappiness to it that maintains ultimate crushability. The nose is all fruit, strawberry jam, blueberry waffles, and fresh nectarines. This batch is about as good as it gets for us. This was canned on May. I just saw it. Now I have to look again. May 19th. So yeah, we've got maybe three weeks on this thing. Mm-hmm. Very fresh. Very excited. Um, before we get into the intricacies of what they could possibly mean by a California IPA, um, clearly differentiating it from a West Coast IPA, uh, let's give initial thoughts. Like, What, what, do, you, what do you see in the glass? Uh, well, looks like beer, so that's a good start. It's nice and yellow. Looks like an IPA, um, dude. It looks like a pilsner or a Kolsch or something. Really? Like it's very, very clear. It's really clear. It's really light yellow. Yeah, like, like I almost associate what, uh, certainly West Coast IPAs with having more of an orange tint, mm. or, or like a yeah, like a not haziness, but a like an orange, like a, a mustier color. And this is very, very clear looking to me. Like it looks like a pilsner to me. Hmm. Nice. Well, I hopefully it's as crispy and delicious. Yeah, look at that. You got, we both have a pretty good amount of little head at the top. It, it looks like a pilsner. Yeah, this looks like a pilsner to me. It, it kind of does. Um, hops, mosaic and strata, uh, very into it. Mosaic is one of my go-to favorite hops. Mm-hmm. And as as we get into talking about what a California IPA might mean, the shorthand is that I'm really looking forward to is that it leaves more room for the hops to kind of shine. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping for some of the classic telltale signs of mosaic hop. Um, but you've tasted it already. 
What are your thoughts? I have. It is. It's bright. It's it's refreshing. It's punchy. It's. Uh, I don't really agree with what they said about the nose is all fruit. Okay. Unless hops. I don't either. No, I don't unless either. hops are a fruit. <laughs> Some fruit no, yeah. this beer smells straight up like hops, which is fine. That's what I want a really fresh West Coast IPA to taste like. And it's giving you all the notes that you really look for in a mosaic forward West Coast. It's really punchy. It's it's clean. It drinks smooth. It doesn't leave a crazy bitter aftertaste, but it has yeah. that that hoppy punch right in the front. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. I was completely self serving in my beer selection this well, week. That's fair because I get to pick them. Might as well, yeah. And I the whole point of this is to watch movies and drink beer we like, right? And this is sure. this is my jam. So I love this style, and I think this brewery in general represents it very well like i was saying they're top three okay so when you say you like this style what are you, are you talking about west coast ipas or are you saying california ipas no that's that's a new thing that that's i'm a, pretty sure they made up they absolutely did yeah so but you do mean more of a west coast ipa yeah just okay. clear hop forward crisp refreshing with like a bitter backbone just you know in my opinion the superior ipa i mean yeah i mean when you get something like this it's hard to argue there, there's i mean there's lots of bad West Coast IPAs and a lot of bad East Coast IPAs and everything sure. in between. I, I'd be really curious to find out if you and I were to put our favorite of each camp head to head. And I'm sure there's so many factors like the time of year and, and, and the mood and like what the vibe is. But I'd love to put like our favorite West Coast IPA against our favorite New England IPA mm-hmm. um, and just kind of see what we thought in, right. in the moment. Because we very rarely get a chance to to compare things of equally amazing caliber side to side. True. Um, but let's talk, let's talk about California IPA to quote the article. We did a little research on from Siren craft brew, which is a, another brewery that, that collaborated with green cheek, um, at least once on a beer, but back in 2020, and this was sort of, um, a couple months into the pandemic, green cheek put out a beer that they dubbed a California IPA. And if you're, I mean, even if you are from California, to me, that just sounds like another way of saying West coast IPA. Yeah. Um, but they make a couple of distinctions, and if you're interested, I might, if I remember, link this article in our episode notes. It might be worthwhile. It's a, it's a decent read. Um, there's a little video from one of, I think he's a brewer at Green Cheek. His name's Evan, and he kind of goes into talking about it himself. But um, I'm going to read a couple sentences here that I think is their attempt at making a distinguishment between a California IPA and a West Coast IPA. So if you'll indulge me, quote, the key characteristics would be a beer light in color with a clean malt bill, uh, parenthetical, often just a lager malt, that allows an unabridged hop expression. Because of this, we'd expect a wider spectrum of possible flavors to come through in the style uh, as compared to a West Coast IPA. They're pretty heavily hopped, more so than a quintessential West Coast IPA, so a natural haze could be present but won't always be. The real trademark for us is that we uh, that we feel has carried through all of our experimentation with the style thus far, and it has in common with a West Coast IPA, is a fantastic resinous bitterness. We find they're often quite smooth in terms of mouthfeel, bordering on soft to some drinkers. They're designed to be fun beers to drink and a great base for experimentation, as we'll explore here, and not restricted in some of the ways a West Coast IPA would be. Okay. Uh, there's something about this beer that makes me think of the potential for a session IPA. Mm. This is much bigger than a session IPA, even just by alcohol. It's seven, what did we say it was? Seven, seven uh, two. Seven two. But it has this sort of refreshingness that a light-bodied IPA would have, like a session IPA. Um, it, it, like it drinks like it's lower in alcohol somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, again, my go-to for a very long time at the 7.2 mark has been Torpedo from Sierra Nevada. Granted, a very hefty, heavy beer. But 
this is like I would die if you put a gun in my head. I was like, which beer's stronger? I'd be like, no, no, torpedo. No, no mistaking it. And they're doing something right with the style. And I'm not sure if it's the malt bill, but this is wildly light. Mm-hmm. And but also like so much flavor going on too. Yeah. I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, there's layers to it. You're, you're picking out all the different, you know, the hop notes. Little bit of the fruitiness. I get way more hops than fruitiness, but if you really dig into it, there's you know the grapefruit. There's a little bit of like tangerine, uh, sort of citrus notes. Not a ton. There's some berry on the back burner too. A little I'd, bit. I'd give it that. Yeah, but this is a very very piney and, and yeah, resinous is a great word. Mm-hmm. Hop forward, bitter forward, like danky IPA. Yeah, this is great. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I love that we're drinking it three weeks old, yeah. more or less. This is fantastic. Do you have anything you're you're not liking about this off the bat? Um, you know, it is a little uh, zippy. It's got a little bit of a tang to it. What do you mean? Right up front, it's not sour, but like the way it just punches you, that first note is just. Where's it? Where's it hitting in your mouth? Hmm, Let me try it again. Because because when I hear that, I I I do think sort of yeah, like a tanginess, like a like a like almost a tart or sourness. But I don't think that's what you're talking about. No, it's just like that really super punchy bitterness that happens right at the beginning that is and just, you're not into it no i am it's oh. just like a little bit less of that it's super nitpicky it's such a, yeah. a minor detail that i would change no i agree with you it, it is there and i think the only reason i would point that out is because the rest of the drinking experience is so even keel and balanced mm-hmm. that the onset is like oh okay you're making a huge statement and then it kind of tapers off like, no nah, just kidding yeah no we're just we're more studying that although i do like a strong first impression so i I don't know that i'm gonna personally hold it against that but i do i do see what you're saying yeah that's the only nit that i might pick Mm -hmm. but it's it's such a minutia in this beer that is really well put together the carbonation is about as perfect as you can hope for in an ipa like this it's 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 sparkly and it's it's light but also full yeah like it's not making me feel like I'm holding down burps the whole time, but it's yeah. also not flat. Exactly. It's good. This is a, a very well-balanced beer. I'm, I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm starting now to think about numbers for my <laughs> I'm very excited about this beer. It's, it's fantastic. I only brought one can of each because I knew we would just drink them all. Yeah, that's probably true. How many, how many do you have? I got a four pack of each. How many do you have left? After these ones, I have two of each. Left. Oh, nice dude. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything that I'm really not enjoying about this. No, it's, it's stellar. Yeah, I think my, my biggest issues that I run into with, let, let's say, West Coast IPAs, because my sample size for California IPAs is relatively small, sure. obviously. One. Um, <laughs> but the issues I run into is that the the dankness and the hop presence can get so overpowering that after a couple of drinks, it's like, okay, I can't really handle anymore. Yeah. Like, if you gave me a different beer, I wouldn't appreciate the nuances in that one, much less pick out any more in the beer I'm currently drinking. This one is so well-balanced that I'm not even getting that. Right. This is fantastic. Yeah. This is a great beer. They make some some good stuff down there at Green Cheek. Tell you what. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I feel confident in my my one out of ten at this point. Yeah. Or, or, or my one to ten. I'm not saying I'm giving it a one out of ten, obviously. Okay. Um, are you ready to rate it? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I am. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'm not sure. I can't read you yet. So why don't you go first? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh for me, this one is is up there. It's undeniably like mostly flawless i mean mm-hmm. it's really undeniable quality it's a it's a nine one nine one yeah it's very good i was gonna say you yeah you found one thing that you didn't love um so i don't think it could be a 10 for you uh unfortunately or fortunately for me nothing i don't love it's a 10 this, oh. this beer's fantastic um i get literally like one to two uh hop forward ipas tens a year if that 
I can't even remember what I didn't. I don't. This is my probably my first one in 2022. This is a great. This is a very great beer. I love it. Um, you and I can talk off air about what it's going to take for me to get another can of this from you. I know you only have two left, so I don't know if that's possible. But if so, uh, I'll do what it takes. All right. Whatever it takes. Deal. Okay. Um, do you have anything else on ain't getting any debtor from Green Cheek? No, I will say that they have a tap room in Costa Mesa and a tap room in Orange, California. Yeah. So if you're anywhere down south, uh, try and get your hands on some of their beer. And I do believe they might ship. It's worth checking on oh, their sure. website. I could have looked into that. Either way, keep them on your radar. They're a fantastic brewery as proven. By Young Maxwell's first ten of the year on beer, maybe, maybe at least on a wet or on a on a. Well, maybe it is the first ten of the year. I can't recall any tens that you've given out for beer, or or movie. Yeah, we. Mm. You know, what we should have in the studio is a whiteboard of like running totals of like tens that we've given to movies and beers, so we can just like reference it real quick. Like, oh, that was my last ten. That's smart. That is, or in, in ones for what it's worth. Yeah, they're equally as rare. Anything under three. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The dishonorable wall. Yep. All right. Well, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM on a Thursday evening. If you get the chance to try Ain't Getting Any Deader or any other beers from Green Cheek, we want to know what you think. So please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. And while you're at it, take a picture of yourself drinking it and tag us on your social media, uh, especially Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Or if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Up next is a trailer for this week's movie, Maverick, Top Gun, Other Way, Top Gun, Maverick, whatever. You know what we're talking about. No spoilers in this segment, so don't worry. Stick around. We'll be right back. I don't like that look, Johnny. It's the only one I got. What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they gonna get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage the expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. We're going into combat on a level no living pilot's ever seen. Not even him. You think up there you're dead. Believe me. My dad believed in you. I'm not going to make the same mistake. Well, if you're just joining us, you are listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear this discussion in its entirety. It's going to be available to pour into your ear holes tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough, there's way more to digest. And what you just heard was a trailer that got me pumped up for Top Gun Maverick.
After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete, callsign Maverick, Mitchell, is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement and rank that would ground him. Training a detachment of graduates for a special assignment, Maverick must confront the ghosts of his past and his deepest fears, culminating in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who choose to fly it. This was directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who has a name that sounds really familiar to me. I can't remember why. It's because we covered a movie that he directed way back in 2017 on episode 48, to be specific. <sighs> Throwback. A movie called Only the Brave. Miles Teller. Miles Teller again. And um, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. <laughs> uh, and if you recall, Young Maxwell, we both loved and cried our eyes out. We did? That movie. It was a 9.2 from you and a 9.5 from me. Dang, dude. Yeah, I remember. I I remember covering that movie, but I can't remember. I knew I liked it, but I didn't realize it was that we both liked it quite so much. Yeah, it uh, was so good. Yeah, Kaczynski also responsible for Oblivion, Tron Legacy. Uh, Tron Legacy being a movie that uh, was much worse, if mm-hmm. you ask me. Yeah. Um, this film was written by uh, this film, meaning uh, Maverick, of course, written by uh, Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer, and Christopher McQuarrie, who's done a lot of Tom Cruise movies over the years. Uh, and it was based on a story by Peter Craig and Justin Marks. Johnny Summers, tell me, um, tell me everybody who's in this. Who are the main players? Yeah, so we had Tom Cruise uh, in his role as Maverick again. We had Miles Teller playing the role of Rooster, uh, the son of his uh, father. Maverick's, yeah, the, the son <laughs> of his father. No, the son of uh, Tom Cruise's um, original Top Gun film, uh, Goose. Yes, we had Jennifer Connelly playing Penny Benjamin. Right. Which, if you're a, a Big fan of the first movie uh-huh. in one of the first scenes not. in the original Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, when uh, Goose and Maverick get in trouble the very first time, the guy uh, says, First, the thing with the Admiral's daughter, oh, and okay. Goose leans over and she was like, yeah, Penny, that's that Jennifer Connolly. Yeah, okay, she was it. never in the first one, the character of Penny, okay, but okay. She, they were she was referenced, so uh, face was given to that character, sure. Uh, then we had Val Kilmer reprising his role uh-huh. as Iceman, but yeah. in this movie, he's Admiral Iceman, sure. You had Glenn Powell as uh, call sign Hangman. Mm-hmm. You had Monica Barbaro as call sign Phoenix. You had Lewis Pullman as call sign Bob. You had John Hamm as <laughs> a salty little Navy. Yeah, bean. he's just like the guy. He's like the main gun in charge of kind of overseeing everything. And like he, he's the final say on what does or does not happen. Yeah, he was a salty ham. Yeah. And then Ed Harris as a salty older ham. Same thing, just been doing it for longer. Yeah. Although we'll talk about Ed Harris's character in a minute. Yeah. Um. Anyway, cinematography here, uh, and which is a great part of this movie, uh, was done by Claudio Miranda. There's music by Harold Faltermeyer, uh, Lady Gaga, Hans Zimmer, Lauren Balfi. Some good names there. Great names. Uh, this came to theaters in wide release on May 27th, and it runs two hours and 11 glorious minutes, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, not to tip my hand too early. I did not expect myself to enjoy this movie a ton. I don't love the original Top Gun. Okay. I, I wouldn't even say I like it. I've seen it about two and a half times. Um, and the halftime is sort of a testament to how little I care about it. And leading up to our coverage of this, it was one of those summer blockbusters that I knew about in like January. And I was like, okay, like I'm sure we're gonna cover it on the show. Couldn't care less. I literally told people, I was like, I don't care about this movie. And I saw it yesterday in uh, an XD theater in Sacramento with my dad. Great movie to take parents to. Um, And it was so fun, dude. Like, there's enough detachment from the original story that you don't really have to have like a Matrix Resurrections scenario where it's just milking the nostalgia. There's enough new stuff here. Um, For I think you could even probably go in cold having not seen the original Top Gun. Um, 
and still really enjoy it. But I'm curious to know because I know you like the original. Mm-hmm. You you decided one day that we put on an event for our, our Patreon supporters mm-hmm. that we screened this movie. Yep. You're a longtime fan of Top Gun. 100%. You were excited for this. It's a movie from my childhood. Okay. What did you think of Maverick? I want to preface all this with before this we saw this, there had been this massive hype machine that had gotten rolling for this movie, mm-hmm. right? It broke records at the block, but at the theaters, like they're saying it might be Tom Cruise's first billion dollar movie like, sure. to gross. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. So there's all this hype and I hate it when movies have hype because they never live up to it. Okay. Sure. Like it's just this expectation of, oh, you got to see it. It's awesome. But it's probably not as awesome as you think it is. I'm a film critic. Yeah. With my most sarcastic face. Sure. On. I got you. Um, so I went into this just kind of knowing that, but also... Your guard was up a little bit. My guard was up. I was a little like, I hate it when everyone says something's awesome. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yep. Dude, this movie lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. And I was like frustrated and so happy about it. But I absolutely loved this movie. From front to back, it was a thrill ride. It was just top tier blockbuster action movie. Did it have its flaws? Yes. Did it? Did they rip off a couple things from other things? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that later, but as an action movie, you know, summer blockbuster, your expectations for like quality content, or for me, middle of yeah, the middle, road. for sure. I just want to eat popcorn and be entertained and maybe giggle. Dude, this movie, above and beyond anything I could have asked for, I absolutely dug every minute of it my heart was racing i was so into it the cinematography the 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 actual craft of the filmmaking of this which we'll get into if that article i sent you was so top tier and so groundbreaking like they designed equipment just to be able to film this which was is Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. and it gave us some of the most absolutely original and unique shots of people flying jets Mm -hmm. ever uh, I think it's really kind of raising the bar for action movies in general, and it was a massive home run for me. Um, probably one of the best action movies I've seen in the last 10 years. Nice. The movie kicks off with, I guess by the movie, I mean the theatrical experience of the movie kicks off with a, a, just a wonder of Tom Cruise sitting in like a director's chair, mm-hmm. looking at the camera, thanking us for being Did you get this in your theater? Yeah. And it always feels weird to me, and I, it's happened a couple times and it feels like some fallout from the pandemic where like an actor or some A-list celebrity is like, thank you so much for coming to the movies. We really need you. To, this movie's for you, the fans. We just, thanks for being at the movies. Mm-hmm. And I always roll my eyes at that. Like I, I had said to my dad, I was like, kind of out loud. I was like, thanks, Tom. And like somebody behind me chuckled. Cause like everybody feels that way. It's so weird to like have the actor pandering at the crowd to come see the movie. Um, so I, I also had my guard up for this cause it does feel like such a huge marketing ploy. Um, we've talked about how we feel about reheats and sequels and remakes and nostalgia porn. And, um, so that intro didn't really help. And the movie kicks off with like the the movie proper kicks off with footage that is basically the exact same as the first movie. Almost shot for shot. Yeah. Like the title card, they fixed two things in the title card, by the way. Um, cause I also just recently rewatched the original. There was a typo in the first one. They spelled insure wrong. Nice. Uh, and they also added in this one men and women versus just men, which I thought was a nice addition um, to modernize it a little bit. Um, but shy of that, like it's it's the same movie for the first like maybe two minutes. Mm-hmm. And and I was still like, I'm just like tensing up in my seat. Like, okay, it's going to be more of just like rehashing old stuff. And like, we're going to get the needle drops of like the danger zone and all the like giant waving American flags, and, like a, a plane taking off. And like, people are going to cheer and spill their popcorn. And after the first like two and a half, three minutes, 
we get sort of the introduction to Tom Cruise's character now in his hangar, I guess, where he lives. Um, and from there, the movie, they still rehash a lot of old stuff, but it, it takes on a life of its own, which I appreciated. Number one. Number two, the cinematography and the action is incredible. Incredible. And and not just incredible like for Top Gun and what came before, but like incredible for like you're hinting at, like for our time in technology now, like they did new things, yeah. which is so cool. And it might be enough to hold its own just because of that. Like I feel like the original was good. It was great when it was good and it was terrible when it was bad. Yeah. Like anything that wasn't dog fights or in planes in the original, I was rolling my eyes at, but here, like even some of the character development and the, and the beats and, and the plot points are pretty good. Um, I think you have to sort of get on board with Tom Cruise's Maverick and, and he kind of puts his cards out on the table immediately. He's like, you, you mentioned it earlier at one point, a character says to him, like, I don't, I don't like that. Look, Maverick. He's like, it's the only one I got. That's him. Mm-hmm. That's the character. And like, if you can buy into that and you can believe the rest of what happens with his performance, he nails it. Yeah. Um, I was also way too invested from an adrenaline perspective oh, yeah. the, in the final, in the mission that fi- when it finally happens, a very mission-driven movie, when the mission starts taking place, like I'm white knuckling, like let's what's gonna I don't know what's gonna happen. Dude, I felt my heart beating. There's in a my ton ears. of emotional stakes too. Like you have the the emotional threat of of Goose's son, of course, with Miles Teller's character. Um, you think maybe maybe Tom Cruise could die. This last year we killed we killed Daniel Craig's James Bond. James Bond's never died before. Yeah. There's no limitation. So I didn't know it was gonna happen, which was mm-hmm. so refreshing. Yeah. Um, I it's such a fun movie, dude. I loved it. And yeah. I, I'm so refreshed because I didn't expect to even really like it. That's what's great is it was such a surprise at how good it was. I know. And that feeling of walking out of the theater and feeling like you experienced something special mm-hmm. and new mm-hmm. and just amazing. And like you le- it's been so long since I've left the theater on like a high. Yeah. And that is such a great feeling. And this movie delivered that in just a gift wrap basket. 100%. I loved it. Um, you and I are obviously going to have more thoughts on this, but in the meantime, for our radio listeners, before we run out of time, let's give it an out of 10 and then we can keep the ball rolling. Oh, you're giving me a hot. I don't like that look. <laughs> Johnny Summers, Top Gun Maverick out of 10. What you got? It's a 9.7. Oh, I'm going to pick that 0.03 apart in the danger zone here. By the way, obviously, the most anticipated Danger Zone we've ever done on this show. Obviously. It's great. Da, 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 dum, da, da. Yeah. For me, dude, it's like, it's, you know, it's like an eight. It's an eight. It's about the scene. Like, it's not teaching me anything about humanity. Like, the reason I see movies a lot of the time is to, like, feel something deeply connective about humanity or something artsy. And this is the best possible version of this kind of movie, which mm-hmm. for me is about an eight. It's okay. amazing. I will watch it a thousand times and never complain. See, I, I judge movies like I know. categorically. Yeah, no, I know. And it's, yeah, I yeah. agree. It's like the, this the, is top tier action. It absolutely is. Like maybe the best action movie that's been released in my lifetime. Uh, Yeah, you sometimes make these ultimatum type statements. You did this last week with Blade Runner 2049 on something. I will die on that. And I just don't have enough information at the tip of my brain to, to argue. Not that I want to, but I just would like to have a discussion about this. Yeah, Blade Runner 2049 and it's Moon. It's great. Moon. Those are the oh, two best science fiction movies made in our lifetime. That might be true, but we can debate I that mean, another time. It's opinion based. Sure. But yeah. Um, well, well, okay. In the meantime, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, of course, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Top Gun Maverick is in theaters now. It's probably not going anywhere anytime soon, so go see it. And if you do and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on social media, on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema, or you can send us an email to fhccast at gmail.com.
To our radio listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for Top Gun Maverick, a review of that second beer from Green Cheek, and Hot and Bothered, and The Danger Zone, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your preferred podcast app, we'll be right back. Welcome to the Danger Zone. The proper... How did this even start, dude? How did we call this the Danger Zone? To begin with. I don't remember. I don't either. I was probably drunk and said stupid things, and you're like, we need to make a segment for your stupid ass. That's probably true. That sounds like what happened. I haven't come up with a new segment in a while. Um, This would have been around episode like 50. I have an episode idea, a segment idea. Great. Let's talk about that off air. Sure, that sounds good. Um, Okay, so we're in the danger zone, and for anybody unfamiliar with the format of our show, that is where we spoil Top Gun Maverick. If you haven't seen it yet, which we both think you should, Go do it. You can pause the podcast. That is, we're in the age of technology where you can just pause our voice anytime. You can come back and listen. Um, it's in theater, so go see it and come back in approximately two hours and 45 minutes. Hell yeah. No, it's previews. it's for sure maybe you should see in the theater too. Yeah, totally. Such a dope totally. theater experience. Um, okay, so so let's get into it. Um, I loved the stuff between Goose or Rooster and Maverick. Sure. That whole relationship dynamic or lack thereof was mm-hmm. a great through line. Sure. I loved the tension. Mm-hmm. I love Miles Teller. He added like some depth of acting to this. Miles Teller is very good. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he's sort of an unsung hero of acting a lot of the time, but anytime I think more than two seconds about him as an actor, I just think of movies I love. Like like um Whiplash, he's great in Whiplash. He's great in um War Dogs. He is great in other things, probably, but those are the two that come to mind um, immediately. He's just, yeah, he's got, a, oh, well, obviously, um, uh, only the brave. Yeah. He can just carry some real emotional weight that you kind of don't expect. Maybe it's his age, but I'm not sure. Yeah. He's a very young actor that has yeah. a really broad you know, yeah. breadth of acting ability. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about the article you have been hinting around? Yeah, totally. Let's do it. Okay. So you sent me an article. You said, this is a great reading. Check it out. Uh, this is kind of what it took to make some of these shots happen. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So it was an article from GQ uh, that they did with, I believe, Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, and the like stunt coordinator, action director okay. type guy. Um, but it was essentially about how they accomplished all of the amazing shots of the fighter jets, and like, because I was curious uh, after watching this because it did not look like there was a ton of CGI. Yeah, and I was like kind of mixed up about it because it doesn't make sense like obviously tom cruise isn't flying an f-18 but he did get his like helicopter pilot's license and fly that helicopter in mission impossible so i'm like not putting anything by this crazy dude totally well yeah like that's the thing if you don't know this about tom cruise he's sort of a a pain in the not a pain in the ass like it's like his thing now but at first i think it probably was kind of annoying but now he's like known as the guy that wants to do his own stunts like he famously broke a rib on one of the mission impossible films jumping from a roof to another roof both his ankles and that probably on another one, but the one yeah. I'm thinking of, he hit, like he tried to catch himself oh. on the side of a building and it cracked a rib. Yeah. And he just is like, I'm doing my own stunts. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's about, but he's just done it. So yeah, like a lot of these, he ins- like there's shots of him riding a motorcycle in this movie. 
Yeah. No helmet. No, he that's is, just him doing it. And I watched actually a video on Reddit the other day of him doing uh, a lot of the stunt riding in one of the last Mission Impossibles. Sure. Uh, on a motorcycle. He's a very proficient totally. motorcycle. Yeah. He's got his pilot's license in the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. so he's been flying planes. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, dude kind of does it all. Uh, but great article. He put together this training regiment uh, about, you know, they spent three months getting ready, started with Cessnas, and then graduated gradually to, you know, to larger actual, yeah, almost what they'd actually be flying in the military. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then eventually two F-18 Hornets that were actually loaned to the movie by the Defense Department at a measly $11,000 an hour. That's, I mean, and I was reading this article too, they, they flew about three hours a day. Mm -hmm. So that adds up, but it's also like, they talk, they detailed how taxing it is to like be exposed to that sort of pressure. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of talk in this movie about G's mm -hmm. and like mock the whole intro scene of him when we get to know his character when he does that the mock test of the uh, the uh, I want to say Black Hawk but that's a helicopter. Um, I'll think of it in a minute. But it's like a stealth bomber kind of thing. And he's like he has on his paper calendar like today's Mach nine. Like I love that he's just like Mach nine on mm -hmm. this Tuesday. Um, so we get this whole thing where he's like pushing the envelope. I think like Mach nine is a speed, mm -hmm. and they don't really lay that out. Like I think most people know that, but I don't know how fast that is. Mach one is the speed of light or the speed of sound. Excuse mm -hmm. me, that'd be crazy. Um, and like I think it's 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 multipliers of that, like it's two times. Right. And then three times that. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's um logarithmic in that way or not. Um, he's going fast is the point. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of terminology. And then when we start dealing with like the G's, like this article talks about how um you can't just throw if you're trying to go for authenticity, you can't just put actors in like super high G scenarios because they'll black out. Yeah, that's a in, lot of pressure. In that article they said during the training uh for the first top gun in like actual F-18s, mm -hmm. Tom Cruise like threw up in his oxygen mask. In his mask, yeah. Yeah, which has to be unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so if you're wondering, like I was, CGI-wise, mm -hmm. how did they get those, you know, they actually designed a gimbal that mounted to the front of a fighter jet. And if you don't know what that is, a gimbal is a self-stabilizing yeah. camera yeah. that will hold focus and gyrate. It's on a gyroscope, yes? Yeah, yeah, probably. I think there's like two gyroscopes on a gimbal. Yeah, it can't, there's different types, yeah. um, but it's basically, it's a stabilizer. Yeah, so it stabilizes the camera. You can move the plane, do all kinds of things. It'll stay locked mm -hmm. in on what it's focused on. Uh, and all of the the shots of the actors in the planes were actually real. They were in the back of F-18s being flown around at yes. very high speeds by pilots. Yep. Uh, and they did the CGI magic to make it look like they were driving. driving. or flying. But every... To, <laughs> now we both said it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, every shot was the actual actors yeah. inside of F-18s, and their faces were actually like drooping from the Gs. Yeah. That's amazing. That yeah. to me makes the quality of this movie like go up like... 10 notches. I always wonder, should it? Because it does for me too, but should that should this be just a live action performance of people submitting themselves to high speeds? Like, does that take away from the art side of things? I don't think so. But I think there's a conversation there. What do you mean? Like, like at some point, are we just appreciating the spectacle more than the story? Granted, mm. in a movie like this, like the spectacle is kind of the story yeah or at well, least the, the flying is a lot of the point and the fact right. that they're doing these things to their bodies and the fact that you're actually seeing the actors even though they're not flying the planes their yeah. bodies are being put through that experience yeah that adds a realness that can't be computer generated. that's true so it's it's believable because you're seeing it with your eyes and it's actually happening and that's mm -hmm. that's the beauty of even crappy practical effects yeah is that your brain they're real they're real it's a real thing it's tangible at the same time we're at a point with technology where like 
they probably could have faked it pretty realistically. Probably. Like, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not in that business, but like, you know, like I've seen some crazy stuff in movies. I'm like, that looks real. Like Thanos could have been real. Sure. I, mean, Absolutely. I don't know. Or like any of the Avengers CGI stuff, like the high budget stuff. And, and if I really start thinking about it, part of me is like, all right, we're spending $11,000 an hour. And there's like people starving in the world. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to take it that way, but <laughs> part of my brain is like, okay, is this too, is this too extreme to achieve Tom Cruise's, I want to do my own stunts ego thing. Right. I don't know. I don't know either. I think it makes the movie better. I think so too. Yeah. It's a cool movie. It is. And I, I loved that the actors were actually in the plane. Like I'm so sick of seeing CGI movies. And if we're having these big blockbuster high budget films, mm -hmm. let's add more realism instead of more CGI. Yeah. I think that's a yes. step in the right direction as a fan of movies. I would enjoy that way more. Mm -hmm. Less CGI is better. I mentioned that in the original film, the stuff that was bad was terrible and the stuff that was good was great. Mm -hmm. Flying stuff, plane stuff, very cool. Where the first movie faltered for me is that not like the campiness and the goofiness of basically any dialogue is just deflating the rest of the film. Um, but this for me didn't have that effect here. Like I really enjoyed all of the character stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, are there any particular character arcs that you enjoyed more than others? Um, in or character relationships. Maybe. Uh, I, like I said, uh, Maverick and Rooster, mm -hmm. that was really fantastic. I did enjoy the more mature relationship that Tom Cruise had with Jennifer Connelly's Dude, character. It was so refreshing. It was, it was like a well-written adult relationship. Can we call that a sex scene by the way? No, I guess we can't. No, it was, it was a, like they didn't have sex. They I were guess. in bed, but, or they did, but we were getting post. Totally. Yeah. Pre and post. There was like this horribly infamous sex, to me at least, like it's almost unwatchable. Oh yeah, there the was no one. silhouetted tongues. It's so bad in that movie and and it's it's just part and parcel for like the 80s like macho vibe that went with that movie that I really can't stand. Right. And I was dreading going into this, especially seeing it with my dad. I was like, I don't want to have to sit through one of those. Um, and yeah, I was so pleasantly surprised by the maturity in which they shot it. It was like him talking about his insecurities and like hurt and like raising a child. And like, yeah. they were just laying on a bed, like kissing every now and again, but like looking into each other's eyes. I was like, this is much better. Yeah. It felt like they were actually connecting. Yeah. On and it feels realer. Like it, it adds authenticity in a, in a way. Yeah. And which I loved because it would have been such a cop out to just have Maverick just hooking up with people. What's the song? It actually won original. Take my song. breath away. <laughs> that song won, like bow, bow. I think, the Academy Award that year for like best original song, oh if I'm not mistaken. God. Um, but they needle drop that song in the '86 film like seven times in five minutes. Yeah, it's, it's so cheesy. Um, but I loved their relationship, uh, and also just the the dynamics of the squad were great. Yeah, uh, you know, you had like the hothead, like. Uh, Hangman in this version of the film yeah. reminded me of, of Iceman. Ma oh, I was going to say Maverick. A little bit of both. He was like kind of an amalgam of both of those characters sure. with like the brash, cocky, mm -hmm. um, but then also like the ability. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I liked him. Um, the Overall, it was all just, it was good. There was good chemistry across the board. Uh, I will tell you, do you want to know why it wasn't a 10? Yeah, please. Yeah, I know you've been yeah, no, we're, I'm afraid we get there, yeah. Oh, all right, we'll get there. What okay. about you? Um, well, so the ones that... So Jennifer Connelly's character, great. Penny, awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I really like her as a character, like like the, the independent woman that like, owns a bar and like pushes other guys around and won't take shit from anybody. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of her bar stuff works pretty well when it could have gone cheesy and, and one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. I think some of the squad stuff struggles a little bit. Like you really only need to get to know like Bagman... Um, 
well, basically the cast that you listed, but they do make some attempts to like kind of endear us to some of the other pilots and like, thanks, but they don't need it necessarily. Yeah. Um, the stuff with Iceman hits particularly hard, Val Kilmer's character. Yeah. Um, there's a documentary that came out that has gotten a lot of praise. I haven't seen it myself. Called Val. Called Val. It's on Amazon Prime. It came out, I want to say last year. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. If you don't know, he um, has had some health stuff happen in 2017. He came out publicly saying he had uh, some some form of throat cancer. He's had a couple of... Um, uh, tracheotomies, I think. Um, he can't speak in real life. There's no actual speaking that he can do. So for this movie, there's a company whose name is escaping me at the moment. Maybe I'll look it up. They basically used a bunch of old footage of him and recreated his voice in AI. Mm. So everything you hear in that touching scene between the two of them is is not really him speaking, but mouthing along to to the audio track they made for him. Yeah. Uh, which is which is so great, and it's such a sad thing. And I right? thought that that partnership that they have that is cultivated in the first movie that kind of comes to a head at the climax of the first film um i'm glad they touched on that a little bit yeah it was weird having them text each other i remember thinking that's just feels like a weird time hop like why are they like he's like ice is typing i was like what the do i don't know yeah seems seems strange to me yeah makes sense if a guy can't talk it totally well especially then yeah but like maverick texting in a bar is like it's Maverick. What do you mean? Right? Yeah. yeah. Just so so civilian. You know Maverick would be on Tinder. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say? Um, how real did that hug feel between Val oh, Kilmer? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they hugged at the end, and it was the last time we see Val Kilmer's character in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely felt like a real hug, because like Val Kilmer's yeah. been through some shit. Yeah. And like you have to imagine they were friends. Yeah. They were like two of the biggest movie stars in the 80s. They mm-hmm. did you know, at least one movie together. I'm sure there's more. I don't remember. I can't either. Yeah. But yeah, that felt super real. And uh, there was there was like some emotional moments that like actually kind of worked. Mm-hmm. Like there was a point in this movie when Rooster said, talk to me, dad. Oh, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, that yeah. got me a little. Which was also sweet because then it actually ends up being Tom Cruise talking to him kind of. But that's what Tom Cruise says in the early on in the movie. He says, talk to me, goose. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff kind of falls flat for me most of the time. Yeah. Uh, there's another movie that I'm kind of foggily remembering. They do something like that. But yeah. Well, you'd have to be like super into the first movie to get that too. That's sure. like deep, deep nostalgia. Yeah. But I understand that that doesn't work. I do think Ed Harris was a poor casting choice, which is a hard thing to say because I think he does a great job most times. But I had a hard time buying him as the guy who would be like, you know what? You know what's not good? Men. We need drones. Right. He's He'd be the opposite. Yeah. He's like, there's nothing to replace the skill of a good pilot. But have Ed Harris being like, yes, we need drones. That's the way of the future. Men can no longer do it. I was like, I don't think so, dude. It reminds me of the episode. I, I thought of it immediately in the theater. The episode of Parks and Rec when Sam Elliott was in um, mm-hmm. in Pawnee mm-hmm. and he was vegan. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> was, Although like old hippies, that like kind of yeah, makes but sense. But it's Sam but, Elliott. He's been the voice of Beef It's What's oh, For Dinner. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. obviously like just being polar opposite yeah yeah Yeah. i got that vibe too i'm like ed harris you're like he's been a general a few times in movies yeah like and i I, admittedly i was listening to film spotting and they talked about this um the host or their one of the hosts josh pointed that i was like i can't get it out of my head i was like no like yeah ed harris would not be the guy that's like we need to use drones that said why here's what i would have done if i were in charge of if i were john ham in this movie like why not send in your fighter pilots below the canyon and then send drones up above to get shot down by the missiles. Right. 
I just feel like they could have changed it a little bit and not made it so treacherous. I'm pretty sure we have drones that could have done that whole mission anyway. But it's not the point of the movie. Like, yeah. the, but at that point, it's like, is it an ego thing? Like, why we in, in this unique situation? Like, I get people should fight people in dogfights. You don't want a drone fighting a pilot. The pilot's gonna right. win. But like right now, like you could have probably lowered the risk of any human casualties yeah. if you had just flown a drone in. So I don't yeah. want to diffuse the whole movie, but like also we can we yeah. have like intercontinental ballistic. Just missiles. can we just shoot it? Yeah, like yeah. from the ship instead of flying planes off the ship, just shoot it from the ship. Yeah. I don't. What's the problem there? We have like rockets that can shoot from space. I guess maybe the maybe. rocket would be shot out of the sky. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. We need one of them stealth rockets, bro. It's a thing, right? Like you could shoot it up above the radar and then, and then just, just straight, straight down. down. I don't, I don't know. I don't, not in the, it's not my job. It's not yeah, my department. Obviously, obviously, we're not qualified. But <laughs> I love that you felt like you needed to preface. It that. just does feel like there's another way of doing this that doesn't involve Tom Cruise being like, "I'm doing my own stunts in real life and in the movie. Like I have to fly it myself." It's like, do you though? Yeah, I don't know. Well, he did. He's the only one that could make the time. I know, and he had to make the time to lead the crew. I know, it had to be done. Did you think he was gonna die? I had my suspicions. Yeah. I mean, there was kind of a red herring at the beginning where he was like, somebody's not coming back. I know. I hate I hate and love those lines. Yeah. Someone's not coming back from this. Like, one more run. Or like... What, what, what remember, I, and right before he took off, the dude was like... If I don't see you again? He was like, if I don't see you again. Yeah. Tom Cruise was to the one of the flight controllers. Yeah. And then dude's like, it's been an honor. Yeah. Hondo was like, it's been an honor. Like, oh, we are obviously going totally. to the other line that really sticks out, there's a couple that, that stick out, but in in terms of cheesiness, like um, when Ed Harris goes, what does he say? Like your, your kind is on the brink of extinction or something like that. Like you're headed the way of the dinosaurs. And Tom Cruise like looks back over his shoulder and is like, maybe, but not today. Like those are so cheesy. Such a throwaway action movie line. I laughed out loud so hard when he crash lands into that city. He yeah. walks into the diner all dusty. He's like dazed and, and this kid's like looking up at him and, and he's goes, Tom Cruise goes, where am I? And then he goes, earth. There's <laughs> such a good line. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. Which there's this like endearing sort of, um, not worried about the movie, not being worried about being judged as being too cheesy or, or too, um, yeah. I don't know the right word. Camp. Yeah. Little, like yeah, almost campy. genuine. And like, it's not, yeah. People are so, sarcastic and stuff about and judgy about that sort of stuff but this movie's like nah we're just gonna do it yeah who cares great it's an action movie we're yeah. making a movie from 1986 baby yeah yeah it's great it was fantastic um anything else you want to talk about or have we hit most of the things the last thing was why it wasn't a 10 nicely done i forgot yeah why was it not a 10 well because they basically just did the mission from star wars well, that's what I was getting at. Like, why not do a distraction and then have somebody else just like sneak yeah. in and and but then it was they did the Death Star. Yes, they did. They yep. just, yes, they, just they did, did it worse though. They just did the fucking Death Star. Yes. So you don't get a ten from me. I guess that's fair. Yeah. All the I don't know if we got nitpicky. I bet you that's been done a lot. Probably. Yeah. But does that make it right no, to do it again? It does not. No, it does not. Okay, no. fair enough. Um. I really like the simulation. I like because because we spend a lot of time with these pilots training for the big mission. Yeah, and that's hard to build actual tension for. But they did a good job, um, especially because they were dealing mostly with flat surfaces. And like we, I understood, like I understood the language of the movie. They were mm -hmm. like, okay, here we're basically going to lay out this course in a GPS fashion, and you fly it even though the mountains aren't really there. And they added real tension when like one of the pilots blacks out and like almost dies. Like that worked. A mm -hmm. lot of it really works. Yeah. You know, this was uh, shot between like here and Reading. Are you sure? A lot of this movie was shot in this area. Yeah. That can't be right. Nope. How, we not, how did we not? 
Uh, we need this movie was jobs. actually shot about three and a half years ago. I was here three and a half years ago. Three I didn't and a half, see this. Four years ago. Yeah. We need to figure out how to know about this stuff when it's happening, <laughs> and we need to go to those spots. Right. Yeah. Between here and Reading, dude, that's an hour away. Uh, yeah, and like there, all those mountain ranges up that way. Like, there's because in the in the actual movie, there's a lot of mountain ranges where they're flying around. There's, I think, yeah, I think, I think Top Gun takes place, quote unquote, in the Mojave Desert is where they yeah, try it's to. It's supposed frame. to, but there's not really mountains in deserts usually. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe. I don't think of mountains there's in deserts. Sand, I think man. of dunes. Yeah, there's sand mountains. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah. Uh, guy I work with was telling me one of his buddies is a pilot down like at Beale. Uh-huh. Saying, yeah, they're filming a new Top Gun movie up up in Northern California. When did you hear this? Today. I was just oh. talking to, to my okay. buddy about the right. movie. Fair but enough. I'm fine yeah. with it. Wild. Uh, yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Good really movie. Fun time. I would see this again in theaters. I wanted to see it again mm-hmm. right after we left. Yeah, I did too. It's just, it's. I like that I wasn't under any illusion that I was supposed to be taking any huge meat. Like, this movie's not trying to teach me. And maybe this is a um, a, a backlash or a, or a, um, a shockwave settling from watching men last week mm. where it was so dense and so thematically rich that it was like i don't know and this yeah. was like no just watch this here it is like the story's not trying to surprise you necessarily just enjoy mm-hmm. enjoy a, a movie theater movie yeah we went from like a five-star meal to like in and out which is for any of you that haven't had it top tier fast food somebody it's say the best top gun sure <laughs> you got anything else on this no Okay, beer number two then, Johnny. Fish it out of the cellar. I'm not going to even bother editing this noise because I'm going to keep talking until you get it out. And here it is. Here's the, You don't even have to do that. It's going to be too loud. Yeah, it's good. Great. That's the sound of beer number two opening up. Uh, Ooh, it's cold. Green Cheek again. Gene Creek. Gene Creek? Gene Creek. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Green Cheek Beer Co. Uh, beer number two, Johnny Summers. What is it? And I assume this also just came in the same shipment from our friend Brad. Yes, okay. did. This one is called Spinning the Elaborate Yarn. Uh, again, from Green Cheek out of Orange, California. It is a West Coast IPA at 7%, and it is hopped with Strata and Amarillo, your favorite hop. I don't mind Amarillo. You are well-documented as hating. I don't love Azaka or Idaho 7. You are well-documented not liking Amarillo is that true? hops. Well, maybe I'm changing. Maybe I'm adapting. Mm, doubt it no uh we spent some time spinning the elaborate yarn over our approach to west coast ipa and made some changes to how we usually hit it the result is a bit more resinous perceivably hoppier with a fresh hoppy expression of honeydew strawberry and some fun herbaceous forest vibes that linger in the finish that's what gets me it's that stuff oh yeah that's the stuff that's I like. the amarillo speaking right now that's the stuff i like okay give me some of that strong notes of terra firma yeah um, okay, it's in our glasses, our little tasters. Mine, um, I poured from the, the, I had the first pour, and I kept my glass on the table, so I've got too too much foam at the moment, so I'm going to let that die down by using a run-on sentence to kind of get the idea for what you're thinking. I see you drinking your first drink, and it mm-hmm. seems like you're enjoying it. Oh, Do you it's have delicious. thoughts? Good, give oh, me some thoughts. It's so good, you have to drink it immediately. It is just wallopy with hops right up front. You get that totally earthy bitter, very piney, sappy, just everything you want. But then it kind of just goes, it just disappears. It's got such a smooth, clean, crisp finish. It is immensely drinkable. It is perfect temperature right now. I love this IPA at this temperature. Nice and chilled. Uh, Yeah, 
drinking super smooth. I'm I'm digging those earthy notes right up at the front, and I know you're probably not. It's a little vegetal, mm-hmm. a little herbaceous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this beer front to back. It drinks super smooth, crisp, bitter, everything I want. It's good. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, this was canned on May 2nd, so we're just over a month on this. Um, so equally, basically, practically speaking, just as fresh as the first beer. Um, super good, dude. Yeah, there's there's nothing about this that tastes um, like the typical allegedly Amarillo I don't like. No, but now that you say that, you're right. I did. Yeah, I don't like Amarillo. I know. Um, this isn't musty mm-hmm. in a way that they can be sometimes. Um, especially when you pair like an Amarillo or an Idaho seven together or an Azaka. Um, it feels very bright. It's super bright and um, very crispy and very lush and very, very danky as well. The carbonation's a bit much. I don't know if you can tell by the way that I'm speaking, but I'm holding down just a little <laughs> bit of a burp. Um, it's a lot. That might be my only qualm on my initial, my initial taste. Yeah. I like the carbonation on it. And I think you just maybe got more bubbles than me. I did. I did. So I'm going to take one more drink here, but it's, it's also, See, this looks more like a like an IPA to me. It's a little bit less yellow, a little more orange. But I wish we would have saved some. I feel like they're virtually identical. We'd for sure drink all that. Yeah, we did. It was really good. It was. Um, we had no chance. The lighting's also changed in the room a little bit. We're at that time of day where the sun's kind of moving. So I can't say for sure, but I think it's a little bit less straw yellow. Okay. And a little bit more like sunset yellow orange. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, no mistaking it as an IPA, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, it really just great representation. It, I mean, it checks all the boxes for a West Coast. It's just, it's so solid. Like, I, I mean, that's the thing is, a really good West Coast IPA shouldn't be super complicated. Like, it should have you know some nuance, but mm-hmm. it's not. You're not looking for twenty different layers and just this massive envelope filled with flavors. It should be fairly straightforward. You want it to be punchy, hoppy, bright, clean, and crisp. Like. And at its core, this style is fairly straightforward. And I think this is a really nice return to the roots of being straightforward and not like trying to introduce hops that give off, you know, super citrusy flavors, like the bitterness level and the the sweetness level that is non-existent. Yeah. There's no way I would ever call, there's the burp, yep. uh, this beer sweet. But it's also not the most bitter IPA we've exactly. ever had. Um, flavors that jump to mind for me, weirdly enough like a slightly tropical papaya thing is going on. I also call to mind daffodils for some reason. That's okay. in there for me. Um, You've been eating a lot of daffodils? I have not, but I can, it's what it's what one, what, what one tastes like. Good Lord. Um, it's a springtime beer. Definitely. This is a springtime beer. Um, it's very refreshing. It's a little bit, it's a little bit rough on the end. Slightly not as smooth as the first one. Wonder if that's the difference between that West Coast IPA and a California IPA. Maybe, man. Yeah, it, it's not that it's necessarily heavy, but it's not as clean on the finish. Yeah, it lingers quite a bit. Yeah, it definitely has some of that IPA aftertaste. And slightly lower ABV. You said seven for this and seven point two for our first beer. Correct. Yeah, uh, this one feels quite a bit heavier to me. Yeah, that definitely. first one was an anomaly. That was wild. <laughs> how light that drank. Yeah, beer's so good. Um, I do really like this. I think it's super solid. Yeah. Uh, not going to be quite as high as I was on the first one, but still super, super good. Well, yeah, you give the first one a 10. I know. This, this is not a 10 for me, but it is really, really good. Um, what about you? There's not much I don't like about it. Uh, I like the drinkability. It's just, it's so pleasing. I, I don't mean, like that word anymore. No? 
Well, it's a drink, isn't it? Yeah. It's a drink. It That's all it has to be is drinkable. It has to have drinkability. What's it's, that from? I saw somebody say it online. And I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. It's just, of course it's drinkable, dude. It's a beverage. Anything's drinkable. I saw that on TikTok. Yeah, I think I did. It's We got to get rid of that word. Yeah. Like crushable is slightly different and more forgivable, but like drinkable, like of course it is. Water is drinkable. Easy drinking. I don't know. That seems like a cop out. Yeah. What do you What do you mean by drinkable? Like like what is what makes it so easy to drink as compared to like- I a, just don't want to stop. I don't want to sip it. I you're just it. saying you're an alcoholic. That's not saying it's <laughs> No, I don't. Like sipping it is not as enjoyable as, as like slugging it. Like I want to pour a whole 16 ounce can in a glass and just okay. to have big- sips like it's we're poundable. sharing it. it's uh they're it's highly quaffable yeah that seems better to me yeah no it's it's definitely sips are cool but like i want to get a big old gulp of this beer. you know i was noticing this the other day actually and i'm i haven't been drinking as much beer lately but i had um the sts pilsner from russian river i was at burgers and brew the other night and sometimes i'll drink a beer and i think this is kind of what you're getting at and i'll like you'll sip it you'll take small sips but sometimes there's a particular I don't even want to say style, a particular beer that that bubbles its way to the surface every now and again that you'll get. And for me, like STS Pilsner, Trumer Pilsner, they're often Pilsners, is just so drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> like you're right. Um, that you can, and, and I guess I'll, I'll clarify, is like some beer feels so heavy, but you can really take down quite a bit of certain beers and it doesn't sit in the same way that a heftier one does. Well, and like the, the flavor of that beer it's you ever get stuck drinking something like on a hot day you just start drinking iced tea and you just get stuck and you sure. just drink a whole glass and you're sure. like whoa wasn't expecting Gone. to do that yeah that's what i mean when i say drinkable it reels you in yeah it's like, a magnet i, I don't want to just sip it mm. like i want to fully embrace sure. this glory yeah yeah i mean yeah. that's a pretty good testament man i feel like that's the tagline on our beer review on our website i just want to fully embrace the glory yeah if i remember that i'll write that in your review sweet um, it's super good. It's super good. It's, it's not quite as clean as the first one. Like I said, I really enjoy it. It's not, it's not incredible or amazing, but it's really, really good. Super solid. Mm -hmm. I agree. The first one was, was a little bit more of a standout, but this yes. one exemplary of the style. Um, I think they're doing some amazing work and I will continue snatching their beers whenever I can. I suppose we have spun enough of an elaborate yarn ourselves. It's probably time to give it a rating out of 10. Johnny Summers spinning the elaborate yarn from Green Cheek Brewing. Green Eight, Cheek Beer Co., excuse me. 8.5 skeins of yarn. What is a skein? It's a unit of measurement that you buy yarn in. Really? Mm -hmm. How do you know that? Uh, my wife crochets and I crochet. <laughs> Great. We crochet uh, together sometimes. That's so romantic. That's really nice. 8.5. For me, it's a 7. No, wait. No, hang on. Let me. Can I drink it one more time? Would you buy me some time? Yes, Thanks. please. Uh, you're a peasant if you don't know what a skein of yarn is. It's a fun word. I didn't want you to buy me time with an insult. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't. You know, beggars can't be choosers. No, it's an 8. That's a really, really good beer. I dig that quite a bit. Yep. It's super solid. I hope you play a show down there somewhere. You can bring back beers from us. See if you I know what you just said, even though every word in that sentence was scrambled. <laughs> you didn't even catch it. What? You said nothing correct in that. I hope you get a show down there so you can bring us beers. You didn't say that. You said something else. What did I say? Well, listen back sometime. Everybody no. else everybody else knows what I'm I saying. I don't listen to my own faults. I don't blame you. <laughs> um, oh, which reminds me of something I have to talk about in our next segment. Are you ready for the next segment? Let's do it. Let's okay. put Green Cheek to bed. Thanks for bringing me beers, Brad. Thanks, Green Cheek, for making some killer IPAs. Uh Front to back, very highly rated show today, movie and beers. So, yeah. uh, aggregate, yay, high. yay, us for aggregating. High end 
bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered. Okay. Part of the show where we talk about what's got us hot and or bothered this week. Uh, up to this point, it's never been an innuendo, and I don't think we're starting that today. It's just strictly platonic, what's got us excited, bummed out, things like that. I'm going to start. I was recommended an audiobook called Legends and Lattes. Couldn't it just be a book? It could be. I don't know if it is. I'm sure it is. Just say book. It makes you sound smarter. But I'm not. Or I am, but but I, you know, this was audiobook format. Okay. Um, and so I, I listened to this book called Legends and Lattes, and I'm uh, just double checking my info right now. Um, it is a book by Travis Baldry. He also happens to be the one that narrates it, which I always love in an audiobook because, yeah. like, they, you know, they have the original spirit of the book. And the, 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 the 32nd elevator pitch of this book is that there's an orc named Viv who decides she's had enough of the orc life. She doesn't want to go on any more quests and no more killing. And she decides she wants to start a coffee shop. I'm so into this already. I thought you might be. And she goes to this little town that's never heard of coffee before. It kind of takes place in your traditional fantasy realm, but like in some faraway city, like some dwarves have also figured out coffee, but where she is like, nobody's heard of it. And she's going to start a coffee shop. And through the use of this, um, not amulet, I can't think of the word today, um, called called the uh, Scalvard Stone. It's it's pilfered from a beast that she's killed, and then it's supposed to bring you good luck. So she keeps it, and and slowly but surely builds up this coffee shop and meets some companions along the way. It's so great and such an original idea. It was awesome. It's like a six and a half hour listen. I don't know what that translates to um, in terms of page length if you get the hard copy, but Legends and Lattes, Travis Baldry. It's a wonderfully refreshing nice happy book it's I'm so great i gotta get it i'm gonna buy it do it dude i'd love to i I'd like to kind of start a book club of some sort i was talking to our friend kyle the other day like i just like the idea of taking a book to a bar but the problem with drinking and reading is you start drinking but i like the idea of like taking a book to a bar and drinking like an na beer it's like getting out of the house and like catching up with a friend and both just like sitting next to each other reading a book it sounds great no yeah. um but if you get a chance to listen or read that thing, let me know. All right. I will. Okay. That's my first thing. What you got? Well, do you have a bothered? Yeah, I was going to let you go first. Why? Well, because like we get happy stuff to practice. Oh. I don't know. Uh, okay. Start with some happy stuff. Yeah. Because I have a hot and a bothered. Perfect. Uh, so my hot this week is uh, I'm going to just fully wrap up Moon Knight. Full series wrap on Moon Knight. Finished it up. It is done. It is That's similar. Oscar Isaac, Disney Plus. Yep. Uh, so yeah, watched it all, really enjoyed it. It was not what I expected. Didn't know mm. anything about the character of Moon Knight going in. Uh, really enjoyed how deeply they dove into uh, Egyptian and like um, Middle Eastern religion with like the old gods, you know, Osiris and, and all that. So that was pretty cool. And there was some really wild representation of those th- things on screen. Um kind of like a he's kind of a metal superhero like what's his deal um like what's his power set uh he is an avatar for a god so god's an avatar yeah so he the avatar is chosen by the god Mm -hmm. and they have like a verbal blood pact or whatever okay uh and so the the god provides him Arm, healing armor and like abilities to like be super good at combat mm-hmm. and like have some some powers and stuff in like exchange that. for like doing the god's will yeah exactly okay you're basically at the bidding of a, a god okay uh and all the egyptian gods have avatars so okay it gets pretty wild um and this this whole dichotomy of this show is it's about a superhero but it's also about mental health 
That's nice. It's it's really different, and I'm not going to spoil it because I think the show's worth a watch, especially if you have Marvel fatigue because it so isn't mm-hmm. formulaic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that feel of just recycled Marvel money grab bullshit. Uh, but there's a, a sharp like right turn about four episodes in that fucking pivots the whole show in a way that you didn't see coming. Oh, cool. Yeah, and the whole rest of the show is just completely different and Mm -hmm. it defies expectations i think it was well worth a watch and i love oscar isaac i think he's a great actor so uh if you're in the mood for something a little bit superhero-y but very very different and Mm -hmm. very outside of the mold i'd recommend moon knight okay uh i i was kind of on the fence but i will check it out okay i had a show the other day wherein I played with my friends Rob and Webster. Rob plays drums, Webster plays keys. We played at an event. I've already said too much. I'm going to keep the rest of it vague, just in case. Um, I thought this was going to be about me. No, what you said reminded me of oh, this. Oh, damn it. I thought I pissed you off. No, 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 not a bit. Fuck, I got to try harder. Um, you said something before Hot and Bothered that reminded me of this woman. Um, and and truthfully, several women. And uh, they were about 70-something-year-olds oh. who really wanted us to play rock and roll. And for those of you that haven't seen me perform live, like I don't really play rock and roll. Like in a band, I can fudge my way through some stuff. Like I'll play some CCR or some like Elvis, like some Hound Dog kind of stuff or like um, like Bob Seger. Like I'll play some blues that that masquerades as rock and roll. Where they want like ACDC. No, they were okay with that stuff. But like that wasn't what we, we had to play for three hours. I don't have three hours of rock and roll. Um, and the first incident was about one song away from our first breaks was like an hour into the set. Um, and a person came up and was like, they, they always start like this. They're like, can you, can you, they like doing the thumbs up like, rapidly. Like the turn air. it up. Like, can you go faster? It's like, I, number one, you don't mean faster. Like, I know you're trying to tell me something, but you're not saying you don't want songs like that. You just want something different, but you have to use your words. Mm-hmm. And so I was like trying to talk to her. I was like, well, like, what are you in the mood? She's like, I just like rock and roll. It might be the alcohol, but I like rock. I was like, all right, we're going to play one more song and take a short break. And she's like, what's the song? And I said, it's the song by Amos Lee. And she literally like rolled her eyes and plugged her nose like this. Oh, she's like a grimace. (laughs) And I said, um, I said, oh, you don't, you do not like Amos Lee. And she goes, I don't know who that is. I said, well, don't you, I, I don't know what was wrong with me that day. I was like, don't you think maybe you should like, hear it before you make a judgment. And she said something like, I'm allowed to judge and make up my mind about things that I have no information on whenever I want. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I was like, come on. That's like the most willfully ignorant, horrible. Mm. Why would you do that, ma'am? Um, and, and the rest of the night, like her friends came out of the woodwork and we, I, you know, you try to be professional and play stuff, but like, if it wasn't like, they were just like we don't like it yeah they would just leave like they would kept like all of them started doing the plugging their nose thing and like looking at us like ugh, like like shaking their heads like wow it was it was like the most blatant disrespectful like rude they wouldn't throw me a bone i was like trying to like all right i'm gonna play a different song now like we can't surely we don't want to just be doing like you know the 12 bar blues over and over three hours, right? Like you guys are going to get tired. Like, I don't mean to point it out, but you're old and it, you can't probably do it to the point that I vamped in a verse during Johnny Cash's Folsom prison blues, where I was just talking about that day and talking about their knees going out in the verse that I made up on the spot. They didn't hear it. Cause all they heard was like, it's all they need to hear. 
Wow. It was long. I have questions. Sure. Uh, what size was the crowd? 40. What was the number of women that were being problematic? Four. 10%. It's a high, it's a high amount. It is. And, and granted, like they weren't, it was okay. Like it would have been tougher if I was on my own, but that's the crux of playing with a band is like, to some extent, there's an expectation that you play more upbeat stuff. Right. And if I'm by myself, I can kind of be like, well, it's like, it's just me and my guitar. Ignore the pedals by my feet. All I can do is play chords. Um, they were sweet. It was fine. It worked out fine in the end, but I just really, I really want to know what they wanted you to play. Like, they really dug old time rock and roll. That's what we started with. It seemed like it has rock and roll in the name. Mm-hmm. Surely if we we're like, bum, 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 da, 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 bum, just take them old records off. They lost their minds. Okay. They loved it. Um, but then I switched to like Buffalo Springfield um, for what it's worth, which mm-hmm. is the something happening here. Yeah. Great song. Great song. They did not think so. Then I went with crazy little thing called Love by Queen, which is the boom, 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 boom. It's called, but I just I can't handle it. And they're just like boogieing. Yeah. It has to be a blues type progression is what I've learned. Okay. Um, we did Proud Mary, which is the same thing. Like different, but it's also quarterly speaking the same. Mm-hmm. They love it. No surprises. We got away with some country stuff. Like they dug friends in low places. Sure. Uh, Johnny Cash was fine. Um, Take a wild guess that all these women were Caucasian. Fair guess. Yes. Correct. It is very, yeah, demographically specific. Yeah. This type of music. Um, the the people that hired us were very gracious and super nice. And, and, and you know, like you kind of put on a face. You're like, no, all right. I, like you kind of joke back with them. But kind of got to wait like like gauge how much they're giving it to you and like how much you can give back before mm-hmm. they're gonna get pissed off yeah um at one point that's my whole life one woman came up and, and she said to us she said and i'm not exaggerating this too much with the slurring i'm about to she goes all right listen i don't know if it's the alcohol talking but that song was good it's <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> i was like oh you could just thank like you it. for that that backhanded compliment yeah. madam appreciate it that is yeah. Anyways, that was a show that I played recently. Rad. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? You got a negative? You got a, something do, about man. meat? I do. It's, it's meat related. All right. Lay it on me. Not unlike yours. This is the second week in a row you brought up pastrami, by the way. You were talking about um, Jersey Mike's. Yeah. They don't have pastrami. That's why it's a war now. Oh, okay. As well. All right. Well, well, please read what you have on your hot and bother there. Uh, the Great Pastrami War of 2022. Great. Tell me more. I walked out of my second deli this weekend. Okay, keep going. Why not? Well, there's a new establishment here in town called uh, Redwood Sandwich Co. Mm. Uh, right next to Celestino's uh, on the East Avenue, next to Safeway. Okay. Uh, purvey their fine establishment if you are not in the market for pastrami. Uh, had the most relaxing off weekend. Like, didn't do anything. Not off in a bad way, but like literally no, no, weekend off. Yeah, no work. Just no work. Recharge the batteries. De-stress. Just have some us time. It was fantastic. Sunday mid afternoon, we left the house to go get some dinner. Figured we should leave the house once this weekend. Sub sandwiches were the order of the day. Sure, it's a solid dinner. Uh, obviously, couldn't go to Jersey Mike's because because of go listen to last week's episode. Yeah. Was that just was last, that last week? Uh, I don't. That might be not right. I feel like it's two weeks ago. This has been a, a saga in my life. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. That's why I've declared war. Uh, so yeah, we went to Redwood mm-hmm. Sandwich Co. or whatever it's called. Um, great looking menu. Looked like they had some killer sandwiches up mm-hmm. there. 
Um, but I am a man of very specific tastes, mm-hmm. wants, needs, and desires. And uh, when I go to a sandwich establishment, the fact that you don't have any form of pastrami on the menu is problematic. Not hot, not cold. They had a corned beef Reuben. That's which close. Is close, but it's not the same. No. It's not even the same. And also, I didn't want a Reuben. So, uh, the the great pastrami war of 2022 rages on. I am fighting in these streets for you people. I am where, letting you where? know about all the places that don't have pastrami. Where does have and let's let's go ahead and scratch like Subway, like fast food chain stuff. Let's yeah. get rid of that. Like what what is a sandwich place in town that does? Kona's. Okay. Fantastic nice. sub sure. sandwiches, independently owned. Is Just, Spateri's open again? They are, but they have very limited hours. They're okay. really like a lunch spot. Fast Eddie's. Fast Eddie's, I have never been to. They, they have like a hundred sandwiches. Yeah. They can't be doing it all well. No. That's, too many. It's like going to, to Denny's. That said, everything I've had there has been pretty good. Okay. So, so we actually drove by there. They were closed. Uh, we drove by Spateri's. They were closed. So, um, but I love Kona's for their pastrami. Um Broadway Heights has a pretty damn good mm-hmm. pastrami sandwich, mm-hmm. but I don't like a lot about their pricing and their sandwich okay. structure. Yeah. Not my favorite sandwich. Um, probably Kona's number one. Uh, Chico Locker and Sausage is fantastic, but again, they're closed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Burgers and Brew and the Handlebar do a pretty good pastrami burger. They do. Didn't I want think. a burger. Yeah. But yeah, like a cold pastrami sandwich with like the deli, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. lettuce, tomato, black olives pepperoncinis yeah to me baby yep um so we actually ended up going to shout out oddly enough in this segment to sns went, cool. went to the deli yeah because it was the only place that i could think of that was good how was it uh it's fantastic yeah they've got excellent pastrami and i love their sandwiches quite a bit yeah she got a blt i got a pastrami yeah it's a great night good man so uh, well, it seems like you've done your research. Like, I don't, I don't feel like there's much of a war happening. Like, it's, it's, it's decision well, time. Well, it's like I go to a brand new place that I'm trying to support. Yeah. Independently owned business yeah. in Chico. Want to support? Are there others? Like, I feel like you've named all of the places to get a sub sandwich in town. Is there? Are we missing something? Uh, Beach Hut Deli closed forever. Where they're was that? Just, uh, on the downtown. There? Yeah, they're just closed. That's fine. Yeah, they were fine. Yeah, a lot of bread. Uh huh. Same with Kona's actually. A lot of bread. Um, but yeah, is there anywhere else? There's a few, but you're going to get into like, like you can get a, technically you can get a sub sandwich at like a Safeway deli. Yeah, but I don't mean that. No. And that would be franchise. No, there's not that many. Uh, Alpaca Bob's Sandwich Adventures, RIP. Gnarly Deli Count, kind of? Kind of. Not really, though. No, you really. can't really customize anything. You can't like go get, like make your own sub. No, yeah. That's what we're they talking about. They don't even like doing substitutions. They don't. Like, yeah. And sub is in the, is in the word. Right. So, so yeah, I don't know. No, not, I I'm so. not a big gnarly deli guy. I like several of their things. Yeah. But yeah, the substitution thing makes it tricky. Yeah. Especially if you have like, you know. Dietary things. Yeah. I think they'll do it for that. Well. At that point, just do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a war. It's raging in these streets. And uh, every city I go to, I Google best pastrami sandwich. So yeah. uh, if you got recommendations in the area, uh, hour and a half perimeter of yeah, Chico. Yeah, sure. Hit me up. Uh, but yeah. Shit's getting real on these streets, bud. I'm out here. I'm out here fighting that Respect, salted man. cured meat. Thank you war. for your service. Pastrami is the most sensual of all the salted cured meats. Um, very lastly, then during this gig that I played uh, with the band, we were in an undisclosed town within an hour and a half radius of Chico, and we needed to get food. We set up in time to go get lunch, and there was nothing open because it was a Sunday. Um, and we ended up at this market slash deli, and there was no like fresh 
stuff. There were like fresh subs. There was like there were warmers with things like like chicken strips and potato wedges, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and wings and like corn dogs and um, ribs. Okay. And I asked the person behind the the heaters. I said, "Are you? Do you happen to know? Are the corn dogs are they all beef? Like, what's the deal?" She looks at me and she goes, "Nobody's ever asked me that before. I don't know." And I was waiting for her to be like, "I'll go check with somebody." She did not. She was like, "I just don't know." She just stood there. I was the like, answer, "All right." The answer is, <laughs> "I, I do like, not we know." Just don't know. It's in them. Um, so I got some uh, chicken tenders, which were uh, a lot of breading. Yeah. It was fine. I didn't. It didn't hit me in a bad way, which I was concerned about. Yeah, you always. Are, you never yeah. know how long they're under those heaters. Yeah, it's as a as a fellow road dog myself. It's always a. I, it's again, and I try not to get that stuff. But it was our only option. Sometimes it is like the only thing open is like yes. a Seven Eleven. I know, dude. And people that don't travel don't get that. Yeah, they're like, why don't you eat more salad? Why don't you Why don't you plan your meals? It's like you don't look. I appreciate what you do in life, but like you don't get it. You ever seen a gas station salad? Yeah. You want to be in the hospital? Yeah. Fucking give it a whirl, but no. Like fresh and ready isn't Mm. always. Who's making those salads? Yeah, exactly. Like they come in on a truck. They're sealed. I thought they made them there Uh, for some reason. Like where? Like a 7-Eleven? They truck those salads. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's better or worse, actually. Uh, There's probably preservatives on your lettuce. I don't know. Here's what I'm realizing is that you and I are feeling chatty. And we can talk about this more. We have to get out of here for now, but we do have some more Patreon stuff we got to talk about, which is the original Top Gun, Yep. Um, which Johnny loves. I don't hate, but don't like. Um, so if you want to hear more of our voices, if you're feeling like we are, like, oh, you guys should keep talking for a while, check out Patreon, because we're going to go record some stuff. Um, let's get end of show notes. Johnny Summers, what are we covering next week film-wise? We are going to do the next Jurassic shit. Yeah, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It is, um, I, I believe, the final installment of the Chris Pratt era, although that's not even totally exclusively true, because it's also the the Sam Neill and Laura Dern and uh, uh, Gold Jeff Goldblum Bloom. era. So it's it's coming to a head, and Johnny, you were prepared to Malala for this, and I'm not forcing you to, because I agree we have to cover this 100. So and I wanna, and that'll be, and I don't, but that's fine. <laughs> There's no better options. Laura Dern, Jennifer Connelly, take my money. You've I'm had in. two weeks in a row. Yeah, you've, you're having a good month. Oh, it's um, glorious. So yeah, we're seeing we're seeing Jurassic World. You can see it um, anytime. It's out now. So have it watched by next Friday, and you should be good. Um, do you think Johnny Summers that you will be seeing, uh, crimes of the future, the new David Cronenberg movie between now and then? I'm going to try it really hard, but I'm not sure. Okay. I I can assure you I will not. Okay. Um, well then no, let's not commit to doing it on the show. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then we're going to figure out beers between now and then. So, uh, you know, check out our Instagram, our new one and, and, and keep up with us. We'd appreciate it. As always, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi, uh, all of our friends and family on Patreon. Thanks to the handlebar for their continued support and, and KZFR too. Why and, not? Well, sure. Yeah. And KZFR nicely done. I am Max Minardi call sign, call sign moped guitar boy. And that's Johnny Summers. Call sign Bearcat. Call sign Pastrami. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm not calling you call sign Pastrami. Why not? I really love that his name was Bob. He was just like, I'm Bob. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was you 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 derailed our our ending there. But yeah. <sighs> I think you did that yourself, bud. That's Johnny Summers call sign Pastrami. We are Fresh Hop Cinema. Thanks for listening. Appreciate <laughs> you. Talk to you next week. Johnny, say your little slogan oh, and we'll get out of yeah, here. Yeah. Drink delicious beers that your friends give you while smiling. Uh, watch whatever makes you happy. And most importantly, be good to each other. We love you. We'll see you next week.
This is Fresh Hop Cinema.